we're in, in week three of a series we're having some fun with in order to teach some truth. It's, it's, it's friending, and today is the one where we're better together. So we have, um, if, if you have watched Friends, they have certain catchphrases that they say or certain things that mean certain things like, um, like lobster um, or um, sneeze muffin or things like that. One of them is grabbing coffee. And grabbing coffee means hanging out for like lengthy periods of time together for them in a coffee shop. So we made a coffee shop up here for us today. But if you came through the foyer, you noticed there was also one down there with the infamous couch and as close as we could get to the lamp that you can take pictures of and have your own selfie on the couch there at Central Park and just have a good time. Post the pictures. I think there's a hashtag down there that tells you what to do um, so that we can all see them too. But um, Julie and I yesterday had to get the couch down there. So the couch is from my office, which means until we're done with that, I have no place to sit in my office, but the couch is down there, and we had to figure out how do we get it down there. We moved a lot, but we, you know, we had to go figure out how to get the couch in there, so I made a sketch to make it easier to figure out how to do it, but it was still tough, but I wanted to show you how we did it. So we made a quick video so that you can see. Um, an elevator in here? Uh, yes, I did, but there isn't. Okay, okay here we go. <laughs> okay, go left. 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 Okay, you know what? There's no more left. Left. <laughs> okay, you know, uh, lift it straight up over your head. Straight up over your head. You can do it. You can do it. Oh. Okay. Ooh. You got it? Yeah. Good, oh, good, good, good. Oh, oh. Yeah, you got it, right? You got it, right? Yeah, you yeah. got it. You got it. <laughs> Any chance you think the couch looks good there? You know, just just follow my lead. Okay. Come on, Chandler. Ah. All right. Okay. Here we go. All right. Ready? Turn. Okay. Turn. Turn. anymore. You think? <laughs> All right, let's uh let's bring it back down and, and try again. Okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think it's really stuck now. I can't believe that didn't work. I know, me neither. I mean you had a sketch. <laughs> oh, now what did you mean when you said pivot? So you can see what it took to get it down there, so you better go take your picture there. That's just all I'm saying. Here's, here's the thing. Here's why we're doing the series, but here's why we're doing this this week, because we have this thing inside us that we want to be connected. People have always wanted to be connected. It started out, connected meant you were standing in front of somebody talking to them, and if they were far away, you didn't get to do that. 
And so then there was letters, the mail, you know, where you'd actually write it down and it would go through the mail and come to them. We don't do that as much anymore. They changed because it needed to be faster. People wanted to connect. So there was the telegraph and then there was the telephone. And then um, email came, and then texting, because email was so slow, it took like four microseconds, it was way too slow, and so then there was texting, and now there's social media, because we want to connect with people. We are more connected in this world than ever, and we're more lonely. I know, because many of you told me this, that you're like me, you can be in a big crowd and still feel lonely. You can have thousands of people around you and still feel lonely. In our day, this, this hyper-individualism, the selfishness, the loneliness, the isolation, the sometimes family chaos that characterizes our modern culture, it leaves us, it leaves us longing for more. We want to show you that friends are important more important than you probably realize, but the connection you're longing for deep down is more than that. Because we were made, we were created for a spiritual connection. You know what that is? It's, it's first of all, it's being part of a church, but do you know what that really means? Do you know what that's like when we say that? What is it like to be spiritually connected? What is it like? To help you understand how we're better together. What we're going to do today is I'm going to show you four metaphors from the Bible for being part of a church. We touch on this like just a little bit in class 101, the membership class. Four things real quick. Here's the first one. It's like being a brick in a building. That's what it's like to be spiritually connected. It's like being a brick in a building. It says this in Ephesians 2. You believers are like a building that God owns. Jesus is the most important stone in the building, and the whole building is joined together in Christ. You are being built into a place where God lives through the Spirit. I remember in this place here when we were finishing the foyer down there, and we were finishing the back room down there, and there was a lot of construction and things going on. I would go through it all the time to check progress and just look. It was just fascinating to me. And what I would see often is I would see stuff laying all over, pieces on the floor, um, you know, wiring, piping, cable, all, all kinds of stuff on the floor. And it was in the building, but it wasn't part of the building. It was just there, laying there. That's a parable for many of you. You come to Journey North Church. You attend here. You're kind of in the Journey North family, but you're not really a part of the Journey North Church family. It's like you're in the building, but you're not a part of the building because you're not connected. You come and you sit and you hear God's word. You sing the songs. You might talk to people after a little bit, but then you go home and you're just a spectator. You're not actually a participator. You need to get connected. Ephesians 2.21 in the New Living says this, We who believe are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. You see, God is building a spiritual temple, a living one. And it's going to last forever. And to be part of it, you got to get connected to it. Now, why did God choose a building as an illustration of what it means to be spiritually connected? Why did he choose a building to demonstrate, here's what the church is like? He did that because, if you're taking notes, in a building, the connected parts support each other. That's what happens in a building. 
Beams support other beams. Walls support other walls. The roof keeps the walls together. The walls hold the roof up. They're all connected. They're all supporting. That's actually one of the deepest needs of your life. You need support. You need emotional support. You need physical support sometimes. You certainly need spiritual support. Where are you going to get it if you're not connected? Who's going to hold you up in tough times? You need the support. It's like being a brick in a building. You weren't meant to go through life disconnected and unsupported. So first, the Bible says it's like being a brick in a building. The second metaphor for being spiritually connected to a church, number two, it's like being part of a body. It's like being a part of a body. That's an image of being spiritually connected because the Bible calls the church the body of Christ. It says it over and over again, and it compares the church to a physical body. It says in Romans 12, just as there are many parts to our bodies... So it is with Christ's body. That's the church. We are all parts of it. It takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do. So we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. We could like do a series on those two verses. There's so much in there. It is packed with spiritual truth. And I want to just briefly point out five quick things from this verse. It's not on your notes. It's just five quick things. The first one is this. In a church, we're all different. We're all unique, and that's a good thing. God doesn't want you to be like anybody else. He made you uniquely you. He wants you to be you. He doesn't want you copying someone else. You don't have to be like them. You're unique. The second truth from that verse, those verses, is we all have different roles to play. We have different work to do, different niches to fill. In a body, not every part does the same thing. Can you imagine if all of the parts of your body... If they all did the same thing? What if like every part of your body did the digestion? It's not only redundant, it's a little bit and uncomfortable because you have a lot of other things to do besides just digest food. We have different roles to play in the body of Christ and they're all important. The third truth from that passage is we're all needed to make the body complete. All of us are. The hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. An ear can't say to the nose, I don't need you. We're all needed in the body of Christ, and there are no little people. There are no little parts in the body of Christ. It's like in my home. The most important light in my home is not the light hanging in the eating area. That's not the most important light. It's the little tiny light that comes on at night that keeps me from stubbing my toe when I get up to go to the bathroom. That's the most important light. Although my family would say, no, Tim, for you, the the light in the refrigerator is probably (laughs) the most important. It's irrelevant. It's still small, okay? And if you're at Journey North Church, you're needed here in the body of Christ. You're not here by accident. God brought you here because you have a role to play in this body, in this body of Christ called the church. You have a part. The fourth thing we learn from this passage in Romans is we all belong to each other. The Christian life is not just a matter of believing. It's a matter of belonging. You you tell me, I believe in Jesus, and I always say to people, good, you're halfway there. Because you also need to belong. You belong to his body. You need to be a brick in the building and a part of the body. What good is a body part that is detached from the body? We all belong to each other. You make a commitment to Jesus, and you make a commitment to other Christians and say, that's going to be the body that I'm going to be a part of. 
The fifth thing is we all need to be connected to each other. When you're disconnected, you're not very effective. What good is an eyeball detached from the body? An eye cannot see unless it is attached to the body. What good is a hand if it's detached from the body? A hand can't do anything unless it's connected to the body. Here's the parallel. God wants you to be connected to his body because you cannot be effective as a Christian, as a believer, to grow spiritually without being connected. So why did God choose the body as an illustration of what the church is like? It's because in a body, the connected parts grow together. They do that together. They grow in harmony. If your leg gets detached from your body, can it grow? No. If your arm gets detached, can it grow? No. And I'm not sure how to say this any clearer. You can't be all God wants you to be. You can't grow to be what God wants you to be without being attached to a body, to a local church, a church home. That's actually, that is the second most important connection in life. The most important connection is your connection to God through Jesus. Once you've got that down, the second most important connection is to get connected to the body of Christ so that you can grow. Ephesians 4.25 says, in Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. In Colossians 2.19, it says, we are joined together in his body by his strong sinews. And we grow as we get our nourishment and strength from God. What's a sinew? A sinew or tendon is a tough, I had to look this up, a tough band of fibrous connective tissue that connects muscle to bone, capable of withstanding tension. It's, it's, in other words, it's how all the parts hold together. And notice it says we grow as we get our nourishment and strength from God. It says God joins us together. If you're serious about spiritual growth, you have to get connected to a body. You have to get connected to a church body and say, that's where I'm going to grow. You can't grow all the ways you're supposed to grow on your own. The third metaphor for being spiritually connected to a church, you've heard this before, it's like being a sheep in a flock. Now, this is actually way better than it sounds. Being a sheep can have bad connotations. It can have bad consequences if you're following the wrong shepherd. Here's what Psalm 100 says. God made us. We are His. We are His people. The sheep of His pasture. See, most of us, we really have no idea how much sheep are actually cared for. But if you remember, we've gone through this before, Psalm 23, it says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. When you get in God's flock, the great shepherd, that's Jesus, takes care of the needs of your life. We get connected, and that's what happens when we're a sheep in a flock. Now, I'm your pastor. You know what the word pastor means? It means shepherd. Here's what I've been commanded to do in 1 Peter. Take care of God's flock, his people, that you are responsible for. You're who I'm responsible for. I'm not responsible for the people down the road. I'm responsible for the flock that he's given me. It says, watch over them because you want to, not because you're forced to do it. 
I never feel forced to do this. This is the the joy of my life. I've committed my life to this, and uh, uh, Lord willing, until my life is over, I'm going to be doing that as well as I can. But I want to care for people. Why did God choose the flock as an image of what it means to be spiritually connected? Here's why. Because in a flock, the sheep are protected and cared for. The sheep are protected and cared for. That's one of the functions of the church. And you need that in your life. You know, when your marriage or your family is being strained to the limit, when there's problems at work or in your business or when you're facing a personal overwhelming crisis, you need people who will step up to bat for you. You need people that when everybody walks out, they walk into your life. They go to bat for you. They assume responsibility, they protect you, they care for you like a shepherd does for his sheep. And I'm not the only one who is shepherding here. There's no way I could shepherd 400 people. We not only have other leaders, we have elders, we have other shepherds. We have many people fulfilling the role at Journey North Church being group leaders. That's shepherding a flock so that everybody can be protected and everybody can be cared for. There are still many of you, I think you need to be stepping into that role. You've been around long enough. You've heard the truth. You're growing. And you need to be stepping into that role. And you know God's asking you to take that role. But you still keep coming up with excuses. It's time to step up to the plate because we're all in this together. The last image of being spiritually connected is one that you're all familiar with. We talk about it all the time around here. It's my favorite one, my favorite um, image. It's like being a member of a family. The Bible calls the church the family of God. We're a spiritual family. We're God's family. In 1 Timothy 3.15, it says this, I want you to know how people who are members of God's family must live because God's family is the church. And then he proceeds to tell us how we're supposed to live, but his family is the church. That's what God's family is. Now, I know there's a lot of people here. You live a long ways from family members, or you live a long ways from extended relatives. There are many people here who are single adults. There are many of you here who have a marriage or a family that's not supportive of your spiritual development or your spiritual growth. And so to anybody in any situation like that, I say, we are your family. We can help. We love you. We want to care for you. We want to help you be all that God wants you to be. We're in this together. So how are we to act as members of the family of God? Very simple. Romans 12.10. Love each other like brothers and sisters. Now some of you are like, whoa, that's not how it works in my house. (laughs) Love each other like as brothers and sisters should love each other. Maybe we'll say it that way. And here's why because we're a family. You know, they used to do this. They still do it in a lot of churches. They do it down south. They, they call each other like brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so. And I'm going to say this even though it's going to get me in trouble probably or be embarrassing. One of the jokes about pastors is they call somebody brother or sister when they can't think of their name. Hey, brother, it's good to see you. <laughs> I can't think of their name. That's not always why we do it. But A lot of churches still do that, but you know, it's really, it's not a bad idea because we're related to each other in the family of God. 
that phrase, one another, in various translations, in the New Testament is used 58 times. These one another's that you can't fulfill any of those commands if you're not part of a church. The Bible says love one another, care for one another, encourage one another, support one another, give to one another, you know, and the, the list goes on and on, help one another. It's, it's a mutual ministry that we have in the family of God. That's what it means to be a member of a family. It means you're not just a spectator in a church. You're a participator in a church. You're, you're on the inside as a family member, not on the outside looking in at the family. You're part of the family. So why did God choose the family as an illustration of what it's supposed to be like to be spiritually connected to the church? Very simple. In a family, the members <laughs> love each other. They love each other. They're there for each other. Those of you who have taken Class 101, we had a great Class 101 next week. We're going to have another one probably January because it's too crazy around holidays. But that's our membership class. And if you've taken that class, you know that in that class we expect everybody who's going to become a member of Journey in Our Church to sign a membership covenant. You have to sign it to join a church. This is what I'm committing to. Part of the membership covenant, we explain the whole thing in class 101. One of the commitments really is, I promise to love the other members in this church. Um, It doesn't say you have to like them all, but we have to love them. And if you're not going to love the other members, I'm pretty straightforward with this. If you're not going to love the other people, don't join here. Go find another church because that's what we do here. One of the reasons I believe why God has his hand of blessing on this church is because the members here really do love each other. It's because they love each other and that makes all the difference in the world. That's why sometimes you walk into a service and it just feels like something's happening. You know, you feel this electricity in the air because the people who are here are here because they want to be here. Nobody's forced to be here. It's like, I have to go to church today. That's not how they're thinking. They're here because they love to be here with God, with, with the other members of this church, because they feel like they're part of the family. That's contagious. I hear that so often that people come in and they say they felt like that. They didn't feel like this was the family and here was me. I was excluded. They felt like they were welcomed with open arms because people loved each other. So, one question. If you're not connected in some way, why should you stay disconnected? Why should you remain a spectator instead of a participant? God has designed the church to meet those needs that we feel through this this spiritual connection. So how do we get connected to this church family? I love in 2 Corinthians... He's talking about people who are part of their church family. And he says this, First, they gave themselves to the Lord. That's the first commitment. That's the most important. And then, by God's will, they gave themselves to us as well. They made the commitment to Jesus, and then they made the commitment to each other. First, you make your commitment. You commit your life to Christ to become a part of God's family. And then you commit yourself to this local family, and you say, This is going to be my church home. This is going to be my family. They're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Works out well. But we have to make that commitment. Because if all you do is sit, 
you're not going to experience everything God wants you to experience. You're not going to grow like he wants you to grow. You're not going to feel like you are being protected and cared for, like you really desire deep down inside. That's what the commitment is that we make. So here's what I'm going to say. If you've never made that first commitment, if you've never committed your life to Jesus and become a member of his family, it's not a big, long, complicated process. Jesus did the work. Jesus did all the heavy lifting. What we have to do is you can, right where you sit, in the quietness of your own heart, give your life to Jesus and say, I believe that what you did on the cross was for me. You died on the cross to pay for my sin. I get that I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. I can't enter a perfect place. That's heaven when I die. I can't go there because I'm not perfect. But Jesus was. And he gave his life for you. And by believing that and receiving him and say, Jesus, I don't understand all that, but I want that. I believe that you died for my sin. I'm going to turn from that. I'm going to turn to you and believe that what you did was for me. When you do that, in the sincerity of your heart, you become a child of God. You get adopted into his family. Once you've done that, then maybe your next step is now you have that part of it. Now the next commitment is I need a church family because of all those four things we talked about today. Here's what your church family can do for you. Because if, you, if you're supposed to be a part of it and you're not, not only are you missing out, but somebody else is missing out because there's something you're supposed to be doing. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads as we pray. <coughs> Father, I know that there are many people here who have already taken that step. They've, they've committed their life to you, but maybe they haven't committed their life to each other yet. There's also people listening to this, Father, who have not made that first step, that first commitment to you. And I pray that they would be able to do that, that they would be able to say, I need Jesus. I not only believe, but I receive him. And we know that it says, as many as received him, to those he gave the right to become children of God. That they could join God's family and then they could make the commitment to join the local family to become a part of that so that they can experience the growth that they need to, so that they can not only receive, but they can contribute. Father, we thank you for what you're doing here. We thank you for the love that's displayed here. We thank you for how you are so patient with us, with us and you never give up on us. We thank you for that. And my prayer is that we would make that, whatever our next step is, that we would take that next step, that our answer to you would be yes. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand for the closing song. And that's the first commitment, the one we need the most, is with Jesus. And he is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Never leave. If you don't know him, if you've never committed your life to Jesus and become a member of God's family, you can do that today. You can even on your way out, just make, go, make your way to that room, wave over there. Julie, in that room right there with the shades pulled, you can go back there. Somebody will pray with you. Um, and, and show you how you can become a member of God's family. And part of being better together, um, it's obviously more than just showing up on Sunday. I don't know what your next step is. Maybe your next step is just showing up more. Maybe your next step is to become part of a, a journey group. Maybe it's a step study. Maybe it's serving somewhere. 
Maybe it's class 101 you need to attend to make the commitment to Journey North Church. I don't know what your next step is, but here's what I'm going to say. Whatever your next step is, take it. Just take it. You don't have to do this. You just take one step. We are better together. We are in this together. You're getting out a little early today, although not really. We have start times. We have never announced an end time, ever. (laughs) So you don't know, really, if we're getting out early or late. Um, But you have time to connect a little bit. You have time if you want to go take a picture down there, but maybe connect with people, talk to somebody, get to know somebody, do that. Because I think of this every single day. Someone told me this like 40 years ago, and I still think of it all the time. But this season, I think of it every day because we have a fireplace. And I'm always messing with the fireplace. And I remember somebody telling me many years ago, people are like coals of fire. Together they glow. Apart they die out. So we want to stay together. So when I dismiss, remember, you can get your picture taken. If you want to know more or pray with somebody, go to that back room. Down the hall to the right, there's, there's a bunch of coats. If you or somebody you know needs that, do that. Um, Hope for Mental Health next week at, uh, from 12 to 2. I'm sure I forgot something. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for loving us enough to not leave us where we were, but to help us to be connected to you because of Jesus. And then when we have that connection, to be able to connect with each other, knowing that those, those, those longings in our heart can only be satisfied with the way you designed it. Father, thank you for that. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.